You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast. We are your hosts, Evie McLeod and Lindsay Roman. Welcome back to the podcast. If you are a returning listener, we freaking love you. And if this is your very first time listening, welcome, welcome to the party, my friend. On the Heart and Hustle podcast, we love combining honest and vulnerable conversations about faith, relationship, healthy mindsets, and living your God-given potential every day alongside hardcore business and marketing, education, tips, strategies, and more. That is what we love to combine on this show. And it's truly a combo of our heart and and the heart alongside a healthy dose of hard work, aka the hustle. And so we are so glad you're here. And now if you know Evie and I at all, you know that we are huge, huge readers. We're nerds about it. We love, love, love to read. And each year we personally have a reading goal that we love to try to hit. And we've done past episodes on our, our favorite books and our favorite business books, which is episode 70 and episode 196. And we've done, also done an episode in the past on tips to be a better reader, which was episode 213. So if you are a fellow reader like us, go check out those episodes if you have not already. Um, but today, today we are giving you our top five favorite reads, uh, both me and Evie from all of 2022. So basically me and Evie are breaking down like our personal favorite books that we read in 2022. Um, and we are very excited to do that. So our list encompasses all kinds of books. Like we didn't just keep it to fiction or, you know, just business books. Uh, we just took everything that we read this year and we're giving you our top five favorite reads from all of it. So, uh, we're excited to get in to it. Um, and we're going to share what we loved about the books and all of that goodness. So get ready to find your next book read on today's show. Let's go. Do you ever feel like your Instagram growth is stagnant and people coming to your page clearly aren't hitting follow and therefore converting into leads and paying clients? Hand is raised. We've all been there. While there could be other marketing issues within your business, one of the easiest fixes and most effective ways to convert clients into customers on social media is through one simple little sentence, your Instagram bio. Yeah, we know it sounds so simple, but here's the thing. That little block of 150 characters is precious real estate. You want to leave a stellar and clear first impression. And if someone is hopping onto your feed and is confused for even a second about who you are, what you do, and what they can get from following your account, you have lost them completely. So to help you create clarity on your Instagram, we are sharing a free guide with all of the ingredients necessary to create a powerful, concise, and clear Instagram bio for your business. You can snag our free resource through theheartuniversity.com forward slash bio. You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast with Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman, two photographers turned entrepreneurs and founders of the Heart University. If you're a creative entrepreneur or a motivated dreamer wanting to make the most of your life, this podcast is for you. Each week, Evie and Lindsay bring you actionable tools to uplevel your business and life. So if you're ready to step up to the plate and pursue your God-given potential, you're in the right place. You're ready to live your life and run your business to its fullest? Then buckle up, because here are your hosts, Evie and Lindsay. All right, readers, friends, we're excited for this. This is, it's the end of the year. Now I want to, before we get into this, I want to preface like, there might be a book that that I read in December that comes up and shocks me, but right <laughs> now we're reading this, or sorry, we're, we're recording this uh in early December. So we're, I mean, we're pretty well read, you know, like we we're taking like all the books that we read this year. Yeah. And we took our top five favorites. Um, and I personally, I just took like my first, my top five, but, and I put them in order of like, order that I read them. So like my top five are not necessarily like numbered. Like the first, the first one that I'm going to tell you isn't like my absolute all favorite time, favorite book that I read this year. Just, 
Well, I, I, that would require more thinking. I also want to say, at least when I was compiling this like five list, which which two of my five are entire series, but I, I literally, I struggled. <laughs> I don't feel like it's cheating because they're all great books in the whole series. Anyways, sure. Lindsay and I both read like 75 plus books this year. So to compile down to five favorites was so it difficult. Was, yeah, it was very hard. So I don't like, even within these, like when I was picking, I was like, I could probably pull another 15. Yeah. So yes, but these were fantastic. Like that's how, that's how you know, that's how you know that these are like, we loved them. Yeah. These were great books that we read this year. Okay. Let's get started. I'm just also laughing at the difference between my list and your list. I mean, sorry. Okay. It's, we'll get into it. Okay. <laughs> All right, my number one, which again is not necessarily like my top book. It's just the first one that I read. It was literally the first book I read this year. Um, And it was because we chose it as a book for, uh, what am I saying? Our whole team read it. Yeah, our whole team read it in January um, for our team retreat. We went to Mexico and we wanted to do, like read a business book altogether and then a fiction book altogether. And so this, this one ironically was the fiction book. So I technically started this book in 2021, but I finished it in 2022. So I'm counting it, whatever. It was also the longest book I read, which I thought was funny that it was literally the first one because I read it on a Kindle and I didn't realize how long it was until I finished it. And I was like, oh, that was 600 pages. Okay, great. (laughs) Anyways, it is The Rose Code by Kate Quinn. Um, She is a historical fiction author that is so good. Uh, Her other books are incredible. I really want to read The Diamond Eye. Have you read that one this year? Oh, yes. Oh, have you? Wait, Oh, yes. Oh, that's on my list. Oh, it's good. Okay. The one thing I will say about Kate Quinn, which this is just me. I am like, I think I've communicated this on the podcast before, but I am a very sensitive reader. Like I'm very sensitive to anything like super sad, super heavy, dark, whatever. Well, Kate, she mostly does World War II. Yes. World War, yes. Or just like very which like dramatic. Very dark. Yes. Or very, very dramatic writing. It's hard to write a World War II book, like happy. Yes, it's true. Um, so I will say Kate Quinn, I love Kate Quinn and I love her books. They are not always the cleanest and they are a little bit on the heavy and dark side. So they're about my limit, but I, and the Diamond Eye, I feel like was one of the heaviest and or darkest. More than the Huntress. No. Okay. All I, right. The Huntress was was pretty dark. I don't know. Anyways, the, but they're all so good. I don't want to well, ever okay. discourage anyone from like- I read, I read the Alice Network and the Huntress in 2021, so I didn't count them on this list. I don't know if they would, regardless, well, the, Rose me with the Rose Code I read that last year. <laughs> oh, because you- Because oh, Allie you, and I had both read it in like fall. Oh, that's funny. Oh, and, okay. And then we would made have, the team wait, read it. Wait, 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 wait. Would it have been on your top five if you would have read it in 2022? Probably. I think I'm also careful of what I recommend. Like I could have put the diamond eye on here because it was really good, but I'm like, it's it's not Christian. There's cussing in it. It's very like oh, well, dark. Well, literally my entire list is not Christian. <laughs> so like, okay. I think it's my like absolute limit of what I can handle as far as like heavy darkness. This is getting, I'm getting down a rabbit hole, but the, I, I, I find that especially because I have a book club and it is hard to balance. Like it's, I don't want to just, promote like Christian, but like, like, cause there's good books out there that are not, that don't align with the gospel. Right. But, but I have the wisdom to sift through it, but, but you, when you're recommending something, yeah, you don't know anybody else. Like it's like, you can recommend a book, but like, what are you recommend? Like what in it are you recommend? Like, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, and the Bible is just so clear about like us being careful of what we consume and what we read and stuff. So I can handle 
like one or two Kate Quinn books a year, but I cannot ongoingly read non-Christian books that have like very heavy slash worldview beliefs. Like I cannot consistently consume that without it affecting my perspective on the world, my heart, my like relationship oh, with God. So I that's think like so interesting. I'm I, careful. I think I can I can handle a little bit more, but I don't. But that make, does that make me a bad Christian? No, no. I I don't necessarily. I think it depends on like I have a very sensitive spirit. I that's always, true. You do always have, and I've always been very. I, have we told the story. This is turning. We need to get back to freaking this. Have we told you the story when we went? It was when we were hosting our uh, Utah workshop back in like 2019, we went, we were in Vegas and we had an extra date. So we went and saw five feet apart, which if anybody <laughs> has read that book or, or seen that movie, it's sad. <laughs> and I, like, I'm like Cole Sprouse fan. Like my hand is raised. Like, yes, I will. He is great. I love him. <laughs> um, but so I was super stoked. That movie might be at my top favorite, but that's just also the difference between me and Evie. Like I love to cry, but, and I think you, well, no, you don't like to cry, but it like re- it I like to soul. cry happy tears. Yeah, but that was not happy tears. Well, no, no, it was no, no, no. It was not. It was like ripped we were my bald. heart in half. Also, what was funny was the the movie theater was in a casino because it's in Vegas, and so we're like bawling, walking, walking. past slot machines. <laughs> <laughs> we looked like we just lost like a half a million on the slots or something. We were like, oh my gosh. Okay, wait. I literally have not even described. Okay, okay, the rose, the rose about- code. We're on book one, and we're like totally off track. Continue. Lord Let's Almighty. go. We had- okay, on track. Um, the rose code is about. Oh, I don't even know how to describe. It's about what is the word? What is the en- enigma? <laughs> I think it's an enigma. It's basically about uh people in World War II that. Oh, I'm gonna sound so dumb right now because I literally can't even it's describe about the code. This book. The code breakers. Yes, thank you. Of the Enigma machine. Enigma machines during World War II in, in England. In England, thank you. You're Basically welcome. like de- decrypting um, uh, uh, German like codes. Yes. That were coming. Yes. And it, it's, it, it centers around three women. Um, and it's it's part fictional, but but she based it off of real characters. Yeah. And she has like a breakdown at the end of the book about like the real character that you're reading or the or the woman that the character is based off of. Yeah. Um and it's just such a good book. It's so good. It's such like a it good has book. it has just like a glimmer of romance, a glimmer of like adventure and drama. But also if you love historical fiction, go freaking read Kate Quinn. Okay, yes. I'm done. That's I literally the more you were talking about like that book again, I'm like, oh, that was such a good book. Okay. It was. It's such a good book. Okay. My number one, again, not in order of like priority, just more in order of as I put them on the list, uh, was Beyond Success by Brian Bureau, which is the breakdown. It is more of a like business slash leadership book. Um, and it was based off of, oh gosh, what's his name? John Wooden. Thank you. John Wooden, um, like coaching principles, like his pyramid of success. And it is such a good book on just mindset, on leadership, on coaching, on business. Like I cannot recommend that book enough that it will become one of my repeat annual reads. I have like a list of like five of them that I reread every year because it's just so good. And that is hands down on that list. So can I, can I give some tea on this one? No, it's not tea. That, that, that made that. Okay. Listen, we had Brian on the show and the, to this day, one of our absolute favorite episodes of all time. Like we yes. included his like a clip of that show in our 300th episode because it was so life-changing and so good. But the reason you had Beyond Success is because he he sent both of us mm-hmm. books 
like in advance. Like sometimes guests do that and it's so sweet of them to do that. But so you had it on that team retreat in January. And I remember, I, I think I forced you to read Rocket Fuel because I was pissed for some reason. And so I was like, wait, yes. And so I read, I read the first half of Beyond Success while... Like we swapped his books because I took your we Kindle. Yeah. Yes. And so I was reading because I was like, well, I need something to read and all my books were on the Kindle. So I started reading it and it was so good. It would probably be on my list had I finished, but I hadn't finished it because then Evie freaking finished Rock and Fuel in two minutes. And so then <laughs> we, we switched back because she wanted to finish that. And I was under the assumption that he had sent both of us the same books. So I was like, oh, I'll finish it when I get home. Well, I get home, Brian Biro, and he, <laughs> he's written so many books that he, I think he just chose random books. And I realized that Beyond Success was not one of them that he sent me. And I was so salty. Oh, I guess I could have, I, I just called myself, I didn't buy it all year. I could have, I could have support. Okay. Well, you, I never right. finished that book. I literally totally forgot that you never finished it. I didn't. I was halfway through. Oh, Lindsay. So oh goodness. Well, finish <laughs> it, go read it okay. and move on to your book number two. <laughs> Okay, great, great. All right, number two. This is where we're getting into like the, the big difference between me and Evie's list. <laughs> <laughs> Evie's list is going to be like friggin' empowering and insightful. And I'm just going straight to like chick flick land. Okay, so <laughs> number two, uh, again, not in order, but The Hating Game by Sally Thorne. Um, if you love a good rom-com, if you love a good uh, enemies to lovers romance, this trope. is the, your book. This is your book. I yet yeah, trope. Thank you. Um, I read it because it, I, I just like reading romances. I, I draw the line though. Like I, especially contemporary romance. I think it's so hard to find books that don't just go down the sex rabbit hole. So freaking just in your face, like a graphic. Um, mm. And so I, I I can handle it, but like again, like it's this one was very minimal, which I what I was thankful for. Um, but I also read it because there was a movie coming out with Lucy Hale, um, who played Lucy, the character in the book, um, and that was just so well casted. Wow! Like kudos, I'm snapping because <laughs> like the, the way that that character is described in the Hating Game. Uh, basically, the Hating Game, just a very brief synopsis, is two coworkers. They work at publishing companies that have merged. Um, like they, they work at rival, like publishing companies in New York city that have merged. So now they're one company and basically like they have to work together and, and, but they hate each other, but like, you know, they hate each other, quote unquote. Okay. And and then they end up falling in love. Okay. The end. (laughs) That's funny. I saw that. The, oh, you saw the book? I saw, saw, no, I saw, I I haven't like seen the movie, but like I saw that there was a movie and I didn't connect until you just said that, that those were the same like storyline. Yeah. I saw a trailer for Whenever, whenever they translate books to movies, I feel like they always leave stuff out. And this one was actually, I th- they they changed barely a minimal stuff. <laughs> that sentence didn't make sense, but uh, I was I was well pleased as a reader of the book who watched the movie. I was pleased with how the movie turned out. Okay, done. oh that's cool. <laughs> okay, this is where <laughs> this is where the difference between Lindsay's fiction and my fiction is very comical. So. Number two on my list is a fiction book, and it is a whole series, and it's the Ranger's Apprentice series by John Flanagan. I've never heard that in my life. I need you to describe it. Oh, of course. Of course you haven't. But (laughs) I need you to try reading it because I'm curious if you would like something like this. Anyways, it's I'm pretty sure it's a young adult fiction series, which I actually have figured out. Does it have mama? Does it have what? Do people fall in love? (laughs) Yes. Okay. I mean, there's okay. there's like there's like twelve books or like nine books. There's it's like there's a lot of books. Um, what? Did you read all ten or nine in 2022? Uh, I think so. And I read like five last year, 
and I read the whole series like four years ago too. I've read it multiple times. Okay. Um, okay. Anyways, it's, I love, I figured out I love young adult like uh, fiction because it's typically way cleaner. Um, it's a lot oh, more. Oh, you mean, you mean like children or not children? Oh, young adult. Young like adult Twilight is like, like that's the, that's the genre that Twilight is in. It's like it's like not adult, but it's like probably. You, probably, you yeah, don't I even mean, know what Twilight is. Okay, I have not read Twilight. However, what I'm saying is like it's not at least for me. Like I don't I don't even know how to explain it. Like I I'm very sense. careful. I do not personally read like romance novels. I do not read like if you're so different. If a book has romance in it here and there, and it's like part of the story, that's great. But I just I don't want my whole reading yeah, to be romance sense. novels. And I you would will, not like my book club. I will not read books with graphic sex scenes in them. Period. Like yes, I, yes. if I get to a sex scene in a book, I will close the book and, and set it down. Like I will not read it. But that's just my like what I feel comfortable with and what I have set down. Totally. So I figured out young adult typically is a lot cleaner is, is and does not yep, have yep. sex active sex scenes in it. So I figured out I love those. Anyways, my brother and I actually found these when we were like, I think my brother found the series when we were teens in like late high school or something. But it's a whole series about uh, like this, this ima- not imaginary, but like fictional kingdom where they have different, like they have like the night. sci-fi or fantasy? Uh it's not really fantasy. It's just, it's like... Kingdom. Yeah, but is it, it's... Is it historical? No. So it's not like it's based fantasy. on reality. Yeah, fantasy. But it's, but it's not like, oh, it's in the star. I don't even know how to explain it. It's it's like this fictional kingdom that has yeah, like fantasy. knights, but then it also has what they call the Ranger Corps, which is what the okay. book is based around, like the kind of the Ranger Corps, which is basically like what you would consider like special ops. So they do like this undercover stuff. And it's the story of this young apprentice who basically grows up like as an apprentice to this like super well-known ranger. And he's learning how to like, you know, I don't know, be like communicate how to walk without people seeing him, how to like stay hidden, how to shoot a bow, how to like all these things. It sounds like it's such a kid, like childish book, but it's actually like it's so fascinating. It's so fun. It's all about, I don't know, his adventures as he's learning, as he's having to like fight these battles and learn from his mentor and grow up. And like, I don't know, I love the whole series. So if you're more of like lighthearted fiction, but also like really well-written, pulls you into the storyline, like you fall in love with the characters. It's such a good series. I've reread it clearly multiple times. I love that for you. Okay, great. Perfect. (laughs) For you. (laughs) No, no. I mean, I, I'll look into it. I will look into it. I want you to read um, like the first book and then tell me what you think. Okay, great. Perfect. Okay. Well, perfect. Okay. So number three on mine um, is Take Back Your Family by Jefferson Bethke. Uh, I cannot recommend this. This is on nonfiction. So we're not talking about story. It's basically, uh, I shared this on my stories. I've shared this maybe even on the podcast before, depending on the topic. I think I have actually. Um, but it's, Basically, a breakdown of how you can live your family life as a family team uh, that has kind of like a central mission statement and be unified. It's basically talking about how typically in in our Western culture, families are are meant to implode after like one generation. Like you're you're almost you raise your kids up to then push them out of the house. Like what's that called? Uh, uh, empty nesters. Like that, like there's a culture of like, you raise them to go off on their own and then they go off and fly. Um, 
and and because of that kind of the downside of that culture is like you can't name your grandparents like two generations back most people can't if you do that's awesome that you can do that but like basically he's talking about how it, as a culture we've grown up you know, in a dysfunctional kind of like, we don't have strong family cultures because we treat our family as like the place that we just kind of commune and eat and sleep. Like, and, yeah. and that's kind of it. And then we go off and find our identities in, in and of ourselves. We had, uh, Jeff Ferson's, I don't know why I said that. His name is Jeff. Um, his business partner, Jeremy Pryor on the show. I cannot, the, maybe the Evie, you can Google that while I'm talking, but, uh, a lot of that episode with Jeremy Pryor is very much similar to what is in this book. Um, basically he's saying like, we, as a, as family, like we treat our individual purpose or, or sorry, we, we treat our life purpose as an individual calling versus as a family calling. And so we go out into the world, you know, to school, to, to sports, to our job. And that's where we find our purpose as, as human beings. And we never find it as a family, we don't, we don't have like a family culture. We don't have a family mission statement. We don't do things as a family. And so this book is kind of just like a rewrite of like, here's how to do things as a family and live, you know, a strong family culture so that you are building a legacy in your family line that is going to last like way longer after you die. That's kind of how I would wrap that up. I love it. Episode 292 is how to build a family business with Jeremy Pryor. And that episode was so good. I think Lindsay and I were both crying on it. (laughs) Literally. Yeah. I love it. Okay. My number three was The Circle Maker by Mark Batterson. Oh, Uh, good. Such a good book. We'll also probably be be on my list. Oh, yeah. That would be on my list, but I read it in 2021. There you go. Great. Okay. Well, I'm glad we're covering each other's really good books on each other's list. (laughs) We've both read, like, I feel like, well, other than your fiction, we've both read a good chunk (laughs) of each other's books. Anyways, The Circle Maker, such a good book. Um, It's all about prayer and kind of like diving into and unpacking the concept of prayer, how powerful it is, what God's called us to do, going through like biblical stories and scripture and things of, you know, what does prayer look like? How has it moved generations? The author shares his stories of how it's impacted his life testimonies. It's just one of the best books I've ever read on prayer that leaves you not only inspired, but also like truly given the tools and empowerment to actually like, shift something in your life. Like it is such a good book. I cannot recommend it enough. Love it. I cannot agree with that more. Hello. I wanted to interrupt this episode really quick to remind you that we have an apparel shop with heart-filled pieces. (laughs) See what we did there? That we have designed with you in mind. In the shop, we've got t-shirts, crop tops, sweatshirts, mugs, hats, and more all created with comfy and cute designs that you can rock in your everyday life. This collection is for you if you love the show and want to share it with your friends in a cool way, or if you want to wear something cute as heck that was intentionally designed with powerful phrases to remind you that you can do it. You were made to be a world changer and that the Lord created you wildly capable of big freaking things. Now, Obvi, this is a podcast and we can't show you how cute as heck these pieces are on the show. So run, don't walk to the heart shop to check out our apparel and more. You can head to www.theheartuniversity.com forward slash apparel to grab your favorite pieces today. Hey, Heart Fam, we had to interrupt this episode real quick to share with you something that's revolutionized our workflow. Everyone always asks Evie and I what the number one investment is that we've made in our businesses. Without a doubt, the best investment we've ever made to get our life and time back is HoneyBook, a client relations management software. We both use HoneyBook every single day and legit could not live without it. 
It's an all-in-one project management tool that's designed specifically for creative entrepreneurs. I honestly don't know what I would do without HoneyBook. It streamlines everything. Email conversations, client workflow, contracts, invoicing, calendar integration. HoneyBook literally coordinates everything for my business. They thought of everything that a creative entrepreneur could need and combined it all in one place. From templates, brand customization, an app so that you can send invoices while you're on the go, all the way to the little ka-ching sound your phone makes every time you get paid, aka my favorite part, HoneyBook gives you the ability to streamline an excellent client experience from your fingertips so you no longer have to spend 24-7 working in your business and you can finally get back to living your life instead. Guys, we know you're going to love HoneyBook just as much as we do. In addition to a free seven-day trial, we have an exclusive offer just for our podcast listeners. 50% off your first year of HoneyBook. Guys, that's a $200 value. All you have to do is go to share.honeybook.com slash heart and claim your discount. That's share.honeybook.com slash heart. Or you can check out the link in our show notes. All right. My number four is A Severe Mercy by Sheldon Vonneken. I don't know if that's exactly how you pronounce his last name, but um, it's a little bit of an older book and it we read it. So me and Andrew went on a a trip to Hot Springs National Park in Arkansas uh, for our anniversary in May. And we, I, we'd had that book forever. And I think originally, I'm trying to think. I'm, I want to say Jeremy Roloff recommended it because they, like, they have like their, like they're really marriage focused, like him and Audrey. Um, and they have like their ministry and like their, their Navigator Council books. And they got the Navigator Council idea I think from this book, I'm pretty sure. But anyway, so we've had that book forever and we had never read it. And so on our anniversary trip, we decided to like uh, read it out loud because we were driving to Arkansas and that was like in Kansas, that was like a five hour, maybe not five, maybe whatever. It doesn't matter. I basically, I read it out loud while Andrew drove. Um, and then we finished it like while we were at a lake house. Um, and it was really well-timed. I feel like for an anniversary, just because the book is all about uh, Sheldon. Like it's it's basically like a memoir of his life, but specifically of his life. Um, it, it's like part romance, like meeting his wife, Davy, but then also them converting to Christianity from being like atheists and how C.S. Lewis had a huge impact on that part of their story. Uh, basically like it's, it's his love story with Davy and then them going to Oxford and meeting C.S. Lewis and basically having like this huge conversion to Christianity of basically kind of searching for answers of like, almost like trying to disprove to Christianity and then realizing, oh, wait, this is actually true. Um, and so it is so good. It's it's definitely like, it's not like the most easiest read as far as like language. Like it's a, it's a little bit harder to read in the sense of like, it's well-written. <laughs> if that makes sense. Like, you know how, like, like yeah. older, well-written books are just, like, genuinely a little bit, like, the language is harder to read because yes. they're, like, more educated than you are? Yeah. Yep. That's how it is. <laughs> um, but it's so good. It literally has the the best quotes ever. Mm-hmm. And it's also about grief uh, just because I don't think this is a spoiler. I'm pretty sure this is not. Well, well I want to read it. Don't, yeah, don't share it. I just feel like it's common It's common knowledge, but it's probably not common knowledge. No, so it's I'll probably just, not common knowledge, and it's on my list. So shh, shh, Okay, great. <laughs> okay. Um, it's just, it's so good. It's literally, I remember I read, like, the epilogue to Andrew out loud, and we both, like, paused and dropped our mouths, and he was like, that's the most beautiful poetic thing I think I've ever seen in my life. Aww. Like, he's like, this is my new favorite book. Um, 
And also because like Sheldon was in the military stationed in Hawaii and that part's in the book. And so Andrew just like related to that part. It was just like such a perfect book to read on our anniversary too. Mm. Um, just because it's about love and like finding God and incorporating God into their marriage. It, it was so interesting, like the, the, like how they made each other, each other's priority. But then when they became Christians, they realized, oh, wait, you actually, you need to put God first before your, your love or your spouse or your partner. Because that, like, if you put your partner above everything, then that actually, you make them an idol. It was just, it's so good. I'll stop talking. It's really good. Go read it. I love it. Okay. My number four is Keep Your Love On by Danny Silk. Oh my gosh. One of my favorite books. Wait. What? Is that an actual book? Because I took a, I took a, is it a book? Yeah. Yeah. He has a course on it and emotional and stuff, but he has a whole book on it too. I took a class on it. Yeah. So maybe it's like the condensed version. Okay. Well, wait, the condensed version in the book? I don't know. I'm just... Maybe the book's pretty, pretty solidly in depth. We we also studied it in ministry school, like had whole like week going through relationships. Well, like, I think I think we, we took the we, yeah, I don't know. We took the our church took a like did a the class from yes yes there nice okay okay. Well, I realized while you were talking on your last book, Lindsay, I was like thinking through like how to explain keep your love on, and then I was like I'm just gonna pull up the like synopsis and just oh, read perfect. that because I feel like that's the best way to communicate it. So it says, keeping your love on, it's a hard thing to do. Sometimes it's the hardest thing to do. But if you want to build healthy relationships with God and others, learning to keep your love on is non-negotiable. Adults and children alike thrive in healthy relationships where it's safe to be loved and to love, to know and to be known. Yet for many, relationships are anything but safe, loving, or intimate. They are defined by anxiety, manipulation, control, and conflict. The reason that most people have never been trained to be powerful enough to keep their love on Oh, the reason is that most people have never been trained to be powerful enough to keep their love on in the face of mistakes, pain, and fear. Keep your love on reveals the higher Jesus-focused standard defined by mature love, love that stays quote-unquote on no matter what. Danny Silk's practical examples and poignant stories will leave you with the power to draw healthy boundaries, communicate in love, and ultimately protect your connections so that you can love against all odds. As a result, your relationships will be radically transformed for eternity. When you learn to keep your love on, you become like Jesus." It is Love such, that. such a good book of just like, if you want to have healthy friendships, if you want to have a healthy marriage, if you are struggling to communicate with in-laws or your own parents or like anybody, if there's anything in your life that you're like, man, I wish I could communicate better. I wish I could, you know, talk to my husband and communicate without like, I feel like I'm attacking him every time I say anything. So how can I communicate better? Like if there's anything in your life like that, or like, how do I set healthy boundaries while still choosing to love this person who's really crossing boundaries, read this book. Like it is such a good book. I read it for the first time back in 2016. I think I read it again in like 2018. And I read it again this year. Like very, very good book. I highly recommend. Mm -hmm. Love that. All right, we are at number five for me. We are back in the land of chick flicks, guys. Um, again, these are not in order. This is not like the pinnacle, although this one was very good. I like this one way better than the hating game. So I will say in that category of romance, this one was prime. Um, so Reminders of Him by Colleen Hoover. Uh, if you know anything about Colleen Hoover, she loves to rip your soul out um, and put it back together in the be- beautiful way. Um, so this actually, I think this book came out in January of this year. And I read it in like June. Um, And I actually think I read it when I was pregnant, but before I realized I was pregnant, um, which might explain, I have never, listen, y'all, I've never cried harder, quite literally, than when I read this book. Like, I, 
when I tell you, I was convulsing, like (laughs) convulsing. Basically, okay, it's about this girl named Kenna. And oh, how do I describe this? Man, I should have like Googled it like you. That was so, okay. It's about this girl named Kenna. And she starts the book having been in jail for five years, I think. And it's because she, while intoxicated, I, I, I'm hoping I'm not giving this away. I, while intoxicated, uh, I think like hit somebody with her car, like I, obviously accidentally, but like, I think she was driving like in a car accident. I hope I'm not butchering this. I read it in J- June. So like, forgive me if I'm forgetting. I pulled um, up the, uh, Oh God bless. Can you synopsis. just read it? Okay. Do you want me to just read it? Please do. Okay. Because I want it to be accurate. I'm like trying to remember. It was so good, guys. (laughs) It says, a troubled young mother yearns for a shot at redemption in this heartbreaking yet hopeful story from the number one New York Times bestselling author, Colleen Hoover. After serving five years in prison for a tragic mistake, Kenna Rowan returns to the town where it all went wrong, hoping to reunite with her four-year-old daughter. But the bridges Kenna burned are proving impossible to rebuild. Everyone in her daughter's life is determined to shut Kenna out no matter how hard she works to prove herself. The only person who hasn't closed the door on her completely is Ledger Ward, a local bar owner and one of the few remaining links to Kenna's daughter. But if anyone were to discover how Ledger is slowly becoming an important part of Kenna's life, both would risk losing the trust of everyone important to them. The two form a connection despite the pressure of surrounding them. But as their romance grows, so does the risk. Kenna must find a way to absolve the mistakes of her past in order to build a future out of hope and healing. Okay, so yeah, that was absolute perfection. And it also clarified me on, yes, I was right, first of all. But except, uh, so what happened five years ago is... Her and her, I think, husband. I literally did that so that you wouldn't give too much away. And you go, now let me explain the whole rest of the story. (laughs) No, I'm just, the the context that you're missing that I think you need in that is, I forgot. She she was driving, or I can't remember if she's driving or not, but she was driving with her. I can't remember if they were married or not. Her either boyfriend, fiance, or husband. One of those. Um, And they're both intoxicated and they crash. And Scotty, her boyfriend, fiance, husband, I can't remember, guys, I'm so sorry, uh, dies. And she finds out she's pregnant with his baby after that. So basically, she's in jail for five years. And so now she's trying to go and connect. Basically, imagine giving birth and then being ripped away from your your daughter to go to jail because you, ha- because you have to, basically. Um, mm-hmm. And she's trying to come back and reconnect with her four-year-old daughter. But Scotty's parents have her because Scotty's parents are, have raised her. Listen, if you are a mother at all, even if you're not, but like it, oh my, like I have, I just like sympathized or empathized, I don't, one of those words with Kenna so much. Like I just put myself in my, in the shoes of like, okay, we're talking about a four-year-old daughter and Eloise is three, like when I'm reading this. And so literally I'm just imagining like not ever meeting her, like not even knowing what she looks like, like literally there's a scene, okay, I'm giving too much away, but there's a scene where like she sees her daughter for the first time on Ledger's phone. Like his Ledger has like sto- like videos of her because Ledger and Scotty were BFFs. Sorry, that's okay. I'm giving too much you away. You are like um, literally giving the whole story away. <laughs> no, I'm not. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. Um, there's a scene where she sees, like imagine, imagine having a daughter, never meeting her ever. And then the first time you ever even know what she looks like is like through a like a cam- somebody's camera roll and you see a video of her. Oh, I have never cried. I'm literally tearing up right now. Like um, I'm just like putting myself in that position and like imagining like seeing a video of Eloise now having given birth to her and never. Oh, Lord <laughs> almighty. Oh my God. It's so good. Guys, Lindsay's it's so like good. starting to weep. <laughs> 
Go read it. Reminders of him by Colleen Hoover. Oh my gosh. Okay. That's it. I'm done. <laughs> that's so funny. Okay. Well, uh, this <laughs> is going like, to be okay, interesting. Exactly. Yeah. Not my, not my cup of tea, but now we're going to get to what is Lindsay's not cup of tea. Although I feel like I could see you really getting into this series if you gave yourself a shot. No, it's listen. So good. Okay, listen. We have we have one of those. I've thrift, I've started thrifting them. They're all my. I'm looking at. They're Fantastic. All my I, I need you to read okay, you the first one. Same with the Rangers Apprentice. I just need you to experiment to see if you could get into these. Okay. Not, I won't even tell you to read reminders of him. You will not be able to handle it. I no. couldn't even handle it. I was so crying. Yeah, I, no. That didn't make sense. Okay. No. Anyways, the series I'm talking about is the Anne of Green Gables series. I reread at least a couple of these books ever. Like, I feel like I'm consistently reading at least one book in the series. Like, I'll start, I'll finish the whole series, like go all the way to the end. And then I'll just start the book again, like at the beginning again, like a few months later. Um, But I read, I think if I remember, I I read like five of the books this year. But just such a like, I grew up reading them. I also grew up like watching the the sh- the movies but i don't there's something so beautiful about wholesome. wholesome and beautiful in the writing like the prose and poetry the the descriptions the like the depiction of like childhood and imagination and then as she grows up like and becoming a mom and like raising her kids and like it's just and it's there's like I sob during multiple books because there's like super sad stuff that happens and like different things. It's life. But it's just like one of my favorite series of just like one of the, like she depicts the world in her books the way that I I see the world and the way that I always want to see the world. Like- I love that. I don't know. Ellen Montgomery is just one of my favorite authors of all time. And that series is just like so rich, so colorful, so- imaginative, so beautiful, so wholesome. Like I just cannot recommend that series enough. So I don't think I have the first one. So I've been starting to thrift them. If I ever go to like a thrift store or like a library sale or something. Yeah. Um, and I don't, what's the first one called? It's literally Anne of Green Gables. Oh, well, they're all called that. So I know it's it's Anne of Green Gables is the first one. Anne of Avonlea is the second. Anne of the Island is the third. And then it goes on from there. I'm trying. I'm trying to look at. I'm like squinting. I'm like, oh, okay. I'll look. I'll look. I'm pretty sure I might have it. I might have it. I'll, okay. Well, you need to start. I'll report back. You need to start reading back. that because I feel like if you if you don't expect it to be like reminders of him, like if you expect it to be like no, a I'm not wholesome, and I'm going to be able to be reminders of him. <laughs> like if you expect it to be a wholesome but beautifully written like children's series, I think you'll fall in love with it. I think it'd be very similar to a severe mercy, but less. Uh, lofty and adult. Yes. Like more, yeah. I think you'd love but the, it. But, but the same beauty, beauty in the writing. It's the same type of beauty in the writing. Yeah. Yes, no, I, it's on my list. It's absolutely on my list. I want to read it to my okay, children, well, but I just well, I, I made you watch the, the movies and you absolutely hated them, so. No, that is not true. I loved them. I just, it got to the end and like she gives freaking Gilbert like a peck on the lips. And I was like, I'm sorry, that's the love of your life. That's it was all not we a get. peck. But it was 100% like, a peck. No, they like literally like embraced and kissed at the whole like end of second movie. No. Like, like okay, I need Ella Fitzgerald or whatever her name is to like give me more in the book than that because Ella Fitzgerald? <laughs> what what did a I jazz singer? It's Ellen Montgomery. <laughs> what? Whatever. Um, I just I like 
give me, make me feel something. The Ella Fitzgerald. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, those are those are our books. We highly love all of them. Highly recommend all of them. Um, maybe we hopefully can, this was entertaining for you. <laughs> I feel like I this think it was, was much longer than we thought it would be. We thought this would be like ten minute episode. LOL. Um, Turns out we have a lot to say about books. We can put in our show notes all the links, like yeah, links yeah. to all these books, so you don't have to try to scrounge, hunt and scrounge for them. Yep. Beautiful. Yay. All well, right, let well, us go know read. Like this. Yeah, go read. Let us know if you like this. We want to know what your favorite books were this year. So oh, drop, yeah, give us more uh, recommendations. Like, yeah, <laughs> tell us your five favorite books in the, um, the what is the word? The Facebook group. Um, that would be so much fun. Maybe we'll yes. give the prompt and y'all can drop your favorite books because yes, we all love, especially like the fact that we now ask our guests what is their favorite book that yes. they've read recently. So uh, you do that too. My book Perfect. list is always like, 200 plus books that I need to read. So I get overwhelmed when I add more to it, but it's the best kind of overwhelmed. I'm like, yes. (laughs) It is the best kind of overwhelmed. I saw a meme that was like, looking and researching and acquiring books is a completely different hobby than actually reading them. (laughs) And that was so true. (laughs) Well, that's kind of true, but I feel like I like read so much that I like, I I know people who like buy books but never read them. No, no, but I, it's still applicable even if you are reading them because it's like a different type of thing. It's like you're like searching and you're so excited to get them. And like, that's a whole hobby in and of itself. And then it's that's true. another hobby I've thrifted, to read it. That's true. In the last like two years, I've probably thrifted like 50 books and I've only read like 20 of them. Right, exactly. Two different so, hobbies. So that's true. <laughs> all right. Well, all right. We, we, we will stop talking. <laughs> we will see you on the next episode. Go have a fun day and go read. 